Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Panoply, panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au.
Democracy burns each Well, that was a bit butch, wasn't it? 3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand. Out of the Pan with Sally, first broadcasting noon till 1 Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Every um, Sunday afternoon, Out of the Pan is a show covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender, and we've already um, um, sort of gone, gone to that point within 30 seconds of the first voiceovers. More importantly, 3CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, and we pay respect to elders past, present and emerging, and also um, acknowledge that there has been gender diversity of sorts on these lands for tens of thousands of years. Good resource if you want to check out gender diversity around the world is just put PBS Interactive Gender Map into your search engine. You'll find, of course, that it's been on... Well, most of the lands. I'm not sure about Antarctica, but one never knows. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, 3CR is lots of ways to do it. Out of the pan855 at gmail.com. You can SMS 61456 751215. You can tweet at Sal Gold said so. And um, you can look for the post on just my page for the moment on Facebook. I'll get around to copying it um, as we go along. Well, we are, of course, going along in a very important um, week of the year for the trans and gender diverse communities, being, of course, um, Trans Awareness Week, leading up to Trans Day of Remembrance on Wednesday the 20th. And what better thing could we do than talk to a trans person about their journey and um, find out what it's been like for them and see um, what things we can pick up. And on the line just to do that is Drew. Drew, welcome to 3CR. Thank you. Good to have and you with hello us. Hello, everyone. Yeah. Yes. Good to have you with us. Let's just double check if you um, which pronouns you use, if any. Uh, so I'm a transgender girl, so I use she, her. As is very much your call and who yep. you need to be, um, which you know leads us in. I feel like um, after the preparation we had, I feel like saying, Drew Gray, study, this is your life. No. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, God, no, don't do that. No, um, no, we're not going to get Bert Newton or something to come around and visit you or something like that. <laughs> That's probably pushing our luck. Um, and um, he'd, he'd like to thank Patty as well. But uh, seriously, um, you know, you know, we, we need all the conversation we can get about trans and gender diverse people and families um, and their lives. And I think that on an important show of the year like this, it's good to have this conversation. So... Dive in somewhere seriously where yeah. you feel comfortable to start and um, talk about where your life's been in terms of gender and, well, possibly anything else. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to start. Uh, I'm a daughter. I'm a mother. I'm a sister. I'm an aunt. And I've been told I'm an elder of the LBGTQR community, in particular the transgender community. And I'm proudly in love with the most beautiful woman in the world. I have been with her for 12 wonderful years, three kids, and I am all of those. But most importantly, I'm me. Um, mm. So I guess where does this start? It starts in Kalgoorlie because that's where I live most of my life. Um, yep. I'm a Kalgoorlie girl, fourth generation, really proud of that. Yep. Um Kalgoorlie, for those who don't know, it is a mining town in WA. It's on the edge of the desert, stinking hot, dry, (laughs) really, really hard place to work. Um, And it's basically, you know, mining is what my family has done 
forever and a day, and it's actually what I've done in my career. Um, when did I really start to, to think about my gender identity? Um, as a child, mm-hmm. you know, I would I would dress up in my sister's clothes. I would I would find all kinds of opportunities to express my my gender, which mm-hmm. would generally get. I guess for one of a better word, squashed, and, and you know, mm-hmm. no, you can't wear that. You have to wear you have to wear boys' clothes. You can't wear a skirt. Um, my mum my used to tell us we kids made her life miserable. Her mornings were miserable. She would have a fight with my sister, who didn't want to wear a skirt to go to school. <laughs> she would come into my room and have a fight with me because I wouldn't know why I couldn't wear a skirt. <laughs> and then she would go into my brother's room and just have a fight with him because he just didn't want to go to school. Period. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I started really young, you know, it was like, why aren't, why aren't I like my sister? Why aren't I like a girl? Why, am I, why do I have to be like this? Um, as I went through puberty, it became much more pronounced and, and I, I really got quite depressed. Mm. Um, um, but I struggled, I struggled on. Um, and unfortunately, in, I, I, I found in those times, you know, and this is, we're talking... In the eighties, very different world. Yep. You know, if you expressed yourself in any kind of feminine way, mm. you were labelled as being gay. Yep. Um, not a really good place to be in Kalgoorlie in the eighties, being a skinny little teenage kid, very very effeminate. Everyone assumes you're gay. Yeah. Got bashed up quite a few times. Mm. Um. And thankfully, the world has really moved on since then, you know. Um, one thing I really love when I see and I talk to kids and teenagers today is they are just so much more naturally accepting yep. than what I had as a kid. Um, so and, and so much more access to information. I mean, I didn't even know what I was. Mm. I thought I was a freak because I got called that a lot. Um, you know, queer, poor, fag, all of those kinds of things. I got called it. Yep. I didn't, you know, I never got called trans. I didn't even know what a trans was. I didn't know that the term transgender existed. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, prehistoric world, no internet, no computers, you know. There were, there were telegrams, um, though, weren't there? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> not, not that well, got... We did have telephones. There were things that are rotary dial. You could only ever read one <laughs> at a time. And, and you had this thing called mum and dad, which were the answering machine and, and, and the controllers. So... <laughs> Um, so I kind of I I got through teenage life somehow. I really don't know how. Um, as luck would have it, working in mining, I got an opportunity to go to go and study. And uh-huh. um, so I ran away. I ran away as far away from Kerrigan as I could to study. I ran to Melbourne. Fair distance. So I yeah. went. I went to Melbourne. And I did my undergrad degree at the Chile Uni of Technology. Um, and it was great to come over to Big City as a very, very wide-eyed, naive country bumpkin um, with, with a few older um, guys from work, all doing all doing a degree. I think it was the end of our first week. We were heading back to our, our, our accommodation and the guy said, oh, well, let's have a beer, a very typical... Um, so we, we walked into a pub, and it was it was a gay it was an LGBTQI pub. Yeah. Um, 
Well, quickest beers these guys have ever drank in their lives. <laughs> I was I was fascinated. There was there was drag queens, and actually openly gay couples, and I was just, oh my god, I'm not on my own. Mm. Um, so we left after like five minutes. Um, went found another pub, had some drinks, went back to our accommodation, and later that night I went back. Mm. Because I'm suddenly like, I'm not alone. There's actually people like me. Yep. Um, and that really, that was really the absolute start of my journey. Um, and for a number of years, I would say I classified, I classified, my, my, classified myself, I was gender fluid, I was gender diverse. Yep. I, I would live most of my life as people wanted me to be, dress as a guy, act as a guy, try and fit in. Yep. Generally be very miserable, not happy. Mm-hmm. And then I would run off um, and I would go and be me. I would get to, to dress up as me and to be me and to express myself as me. Um, I, I did that for quite a long time, nearly 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it slowly wore my mental health down and... I was. I got to the point. I had a breakdown, um, sitting at a hotel in the US, bawling my eyes out. Mm. Uh, on the phone to my partner, and she lovingly said, "Sweetie, do whatever you need to do. We'll work through this. Just, just be you, and I just want you happy." There is so much in everything you've said so far, Drew, and I just a few a few things. Um, yep. You know, if any of the things, a couple of the things you've mentioned, maybe sort of um, you know raise emotions for some of our listeners, um, such as the distress and also the yep. physical assault. So, if, to any of our listeners, please talk to someone about this. You can call um, Q Life, including yes. Switchboard in Victoria, one eight hundred one eight four five two seven. But you're, I'm someone myself born in 1965, so it sounds like there's, mm-hmm. you know, you're, um, I'm not going to ask your age unless you want to say it, but, um, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm happily approaching 50. I'm, much, I'm closer to 50 than 40, so mm. yep. I, I, I probably saw a world that wasn't much different from yours. Yeah, um, and that struck me. But, you know, I mean, you know, we didn't, we didn't have mobile phones. We didn't have <laughs> technology. You know, I, I saw... I saw the advent of computers and the internet and mobile phones. Um, so yeah, I saw I saw the world has changed, and I, and I think the world has changed so much in my lifetime. Well, absolutely. Um, you know, and it's funny, even even my name. Um, there's a story behind my name, yep. which was when I was at uni and I was staying in accommodation. In those days, we didn't have phones. We had a payphone in the student accommodation. Yep. And the phone would ring, and someone would answer it, and then they would come. You know, they would come and bang on your door until you had a phone call. Yeah. So if I had a really, really nice feminine name, and someone, you know, if I kind of said, "Oh, hey, you know, I'm um, Angela," or, or anything like that, and one of my friends had rung and said that, the person answering the phone would go, "No, you've got the wrong. You've got the wrong number. You want the girl's door," and mm. hang up. Yeah. So I needed to. I needed to find a name that was androgynous. Hence, I used Drew because it was an androgynous name. It could be a girl's yep. name or a boy's name. Yep, absolutely. And I used it, you know, and I just used it for so long it stuck. Um, and then I was really lucky, and I was when I was able to legally change my name, I added my grandmother's name as my middle name. Um, so you know, there's, there's lots of little things that you pick up 
because of you know how to fit in with the world as it was. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no, no. Well, um, there was something, a few other things in there. I mean, mobile phones. I could have said if you've seen the development of mobile phones, you might remember those ones that were as big and heavy as two house bricks. Um, I'm not. Uh, yes. I'm not sure if they went down the mine that well, but. Um, <laughs> My, my dad used to have a boat and you'd get on and the boat would go down to, to um, five centimetres or something. But um, um, seriously, um, coming back to that, um, you know, sort of technology has played a part, I agree. Um, but, you know, sort of you had that, you know, those couple of turning points getting to a, you know, a rainbow sort of venue. And then you've also, I think, really importantly had the support of a partner. And I really wanted to talk yeah. about that because this is... Mm-hmm. And I'm coming at this from a very Melbourne-centred perspective. You know, we've got lots of good supports and there are family groups of, for various parts of family and loved ones. I'm heading off afterwards to the Transcend Picnic um, after this down here. Um, but if there's a gap, there isn't a structured group for partners. How critical has been your partner's support through this journey, which we know can be the proverbial minefield at times? Um, well, absolutely critical. And, and, and in actual fact... Prior to this, my previous relationships ended because I had partners that, I guess, weren't accepting or understanding or, you know. Mm. So, yeah, to have someone that's accepted me as me has been so critical. Um, and especially, I mean, when I, when I came out, my family basically, most of my family, very conservative, Catholic I haven't spoken to members of my family for 10 years. Mm. My partner's family are my family. Yep. You know, the day, whereas my family kind of went, nah, nah, not, not interested. Uh, my partner's family just opened their arms and said, we just want you, we, we want you, you know, you're part of us. And I think my relationship with them now is so much stronger because I'm, I'm not hiding who I am. Yep. And, yeah, you know. And the thing is um, that, um, you know, they see that you, in return, are loving and grateful to your yeah. partner, and yeah. they know they've got someone who's going to really care for their child and sister, yeah. etc. and it's like, wow, you know, there could be, you know, of course, there could be worse things to happen. We know that happen in intimate partner relationships, and here's someone mm-hmm. who's really loving and, you know, equal with their partner, which is what they probably want as... An in-law, which disproves that old joke about um, the difference between outlaws and in-laws. Um, the difference between outlaws and in-laws, by the way, is that uh, at least outlaws are wanted. Well, you're an in-law who's wanted, so you, <laughs> um, you've disproven it. But seriously, that that is something that's really important. They've probably seen he's a lovely yeah. person. You know, and and interestingly enough, uh, I, I had two really great parents. Um, you know, probably. Um, very ahead of their time, you know, as kids, um, we had a, a, my parents were friends with a, with a young gay couple mm-hmm. and my parents would lovingly use them as babysitters. We would go around their place, uh, you know, there would be dinner parties, you know, and it was just, there was no, I didn't get taught any kind of, I'm trying to think of the right word discrimination, you know, mm. it was just like, my parents just accepted everybody and they were like, they're a great couple. Why wouldn't we let them, you know, I can remember some conversations and my mum saying, they're a great couple. Why wouldn't we leave our kids with them? Bingo. You know? Yep. Um, so, you know, so much of what I am today came from my parents. 
Um, and I think some of it also came from what I saw. You know, I got to see discrimination. Like, my my mum is Protestant. My dad was Catholic. I got to see priests treat my mum really badly because, you know, she was the wrong religion. And it's just like, accept people as who they are, see what's good in them, encourage the good, and the world will be a better place. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, look, great. You know, and I think also some of the big things for me were some of the people that supported me as I made my journey. And I think of uh, you know people like uh, Lee Johnson and Vivian Wilson, who who really are the, the the elders of the transgender community in in WA. You know, yep. Lisa Lisa's now into her sixties, um, and she's still. You know, she's still out there flying the flag, supporting the community, doing stuff for this new generation. You know, and I think that it was it was it was it was women like her helped give me the strength to be who I am. And now I need to pay them back by doing the same for the people who follow me. Well, absolutely. You know, I think you've got a really good point there. You know, um, you know, I think that you know, for me, if I can put it this way, when I see younger trans people going, okay, I'm off to the transcend picnic after this. Yeah. Um, to me, it's like a tonic. Um, you know, it's like, wow, we didn't go through all this hard stuff in vain, um, because now we've got people coming out at you know, so early, and that means they don't have to unload baggage later. They won't be sitting in motel rooms crying. They'll get some support and have a more fulfilled life and to just go along and, you know, chat with them and just even, I'm going to say this, you know, take a bit of free energy. (laughs) It's really nice. And I just Um, think it's fantastic to see that. And um, I think it's an important thing to mention, given that we are, of course, in Trans Awareness Week as well. You know, we've got to stick together across age groups. And I think a really important thing we also need to understand is, and this is something whenever whenever I talk, I, I put a question to people I'm talking with, what's the one thing we all have in common yep. that makes us all different? Ooh. I will have to buzz out on that and let you let you tell me. It's it's our individuality, it's our uniqueness. If I've got sixty people in a room, every single one of them is an individual. Even even identical twins, whilst they look identical, yep. they're not identical. They have their own unique personalities, their own unique personas. We are all unique, every single one of us, and we need we need to acknowledge that uniqueness and encourage it. And that's really important these days. With so you know, we we see so many more people saying, "Well, I want to be me. I want to dress the way I want to dress. I want to act the way I want to act." I shouldn't have to act this way because I'm a girl. I shouldn't have to dress this way because I'm a boy. (coughs) Excuse me. We need to encourage that diversity. And when we encourage the diversity, we get the inclusion. And when we, when we get the, when we get the inclusion, we get the best out of people. I'm, I'm with you when you can be your total self and dig in, you know, and find that uniqueness. It makes a difference. I mean, I've had this a few times on the show this year, one that stood out, um, a stand-up comedian interviewed, um, chatted with in August, Nikki Vavika, who said that her material, she was worried she'd lose work or whatever. It's now more authentic and she's getting at least the same amount of work, but she's happier yep. and the material flows better. And I'm with you on that, that, yep. um, you know, when you can be and find your, 
you know, sort of whole true self. It's, you know, and find a place where it's valued and it's safe and that sort of thing. It's a good thing. I wanted to talk about that because you said you started out in mining and I am having a look Mm -hmm. here at your um, Facebook um, profile that you seem to have moved away from that in terms of various occupations, at least. Two things come out of... No? Okay. No, no, I I still actually work for a mining company. Ah, but just in a different part of it? Um, my roles have changed. Yeah, but I still I still work in mining. I still work for the resources industry. I still go and sit in front of you know twenty blue collar miners and and have challenging conversations. Um, I think I'll be in mining probably for the rest of my career. Um, but yeah, you never know. I'll, I'm always happy to go into new things, but. Um, and, and the mining industry, surprisingly, when I when I made my decision to transition, and I thought I may well have to walk away from mine. I never, I didn't know how this was going to go. Yep. And I and I thought there were people I knew who would never talk to me again. And I've been absolutely dumbfounded at how positive this industry has been. Yep. Uh, and how and how accepting. Yeah. It really, it really, really surprised me. Which is great news because we sometimes this. I'd say in big inverted commas, stereotype would be all blokey, you know, and it would have been really tough beforehand perhaps listening to blokey stuff and then you affirm your identity and it's going to go downhill. But you seem to have come through, you know, sort of come out the other end and gone sort of, you know, sailing on, so to speak, which is excellent. Were there any critic, you know, sort of key moments that you remember in that, key conversations or things, key supportive people that come to mind? Um. I think there were, and, and some of them were quite surprising. I mean, like, I can remember sitting down with, with our, our HR manager, and I, I'd, I'd, I sat down, I'd sat down a couple of days before with the team of people I worked with and told them I was trans and I was going to transition. And two things from that. One was all the guys were shocked. Mm-hmm. All the girls that I worked with knew, mm-hmm. which was kind of funny because I thought I'd hidden it really, really well. And I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm looking at one of the girls I work with, and I'm like, Susie, how could you know? Oh, yeah. And, she went, and she, she looked at me and went, Drew, you know more about shoes than I do. You know more about ladies' <laughs> fashion than I do. <laughs> she said, you're either ravingly gay or you're trans. And she said, we know you're not gay. So, <laughs> so it's kind of... <laughs> anyway, I'm thinking I'm doing a really good job. I'm hiding it. No one knows. And all the girls... <laughs> so, girls I think what that told me is girls generally more in- attentive than boys. Yeah, intentive, um, intuitive, yep. But I can, I can recall, you know, like... Before I'd come out, I presented very androgynously. I had long hair. I would kind of, you know, wear girls' jeans. I would, I would push the envelope as much as I could. And I would go to Mount Charlotte, one of that underground mines, and I'd be in the pre-start with all the miners, and one of the guys would come through and go, look at the girly girl, you know, and he'd pull my, pull my ponytail and, and, you know, thinking that he was, probably being derogatory, but I would take that as a big compliment, <laughs> you know, like he'd, he'd mouth off and I'd be smiling on the inside, thinking, yeah, I'm really nailing this. Um, after I came out and I transitioned, this this guy, he refused to use my name. Mm-hmm. He insisted on using my, 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 my birth name, my dead name. Yeah. And he, and he stopped calling me a girly girl. And it was quite funny. He came through one morning... And the production superintendent, who is a very old school uh, miner, you know, guy in his fifties, done this all his life, 
uh, hard drinking, hard working, hard swearing kind of guy. Yeah. Calls calls him up, and basically in front of the entire underground crew, called him out and challenged him. And wow. He and he, he stood there and said, you know, you have for the last year and a half been calling Drew a girly girl, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Now you're saying she can't be. And he, he quite literally, he said, I'm calling bullshit and I'm calling you a liar, saying you're full of, and I probably shouldn't be swearing on the radio, sorry. <laughs> no, we've heard but it all. So, so in front of, you know, 30-odd underground miners, this, this guy got called out. Wow. And... But, you know, I didn't expect it. I, I, I hadn't raised any kind of complaint, but it happened, and it had that effect that it, he stopped. Can I can I ask one thing? Did this actually yeah. happen underground in the mine? Um, it, it happened on the surface before ah. we went underground for the day. So <laughs> we have it. We have a thing called a police start meeting at the beginning of each day uh-huh. about what we're doing for the day. So so it happened on the surface, but it was it is an, it was an underground mine. Yeah, no, well, I just yeah. thought, you know, if it was, it was on the surface, he might have been able to walk away, but underground he'd have been stuffed. Um, but um, seriously, that's very awesome of the, the head honcho guy to just do that without being asked. That gets a, you know, a sort of big allyship sort of tick, which yeah. is really good yep. work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mind you, I'm also really good. I'm, one of the guys used to give me grief about my hair because mm. I had really, you know, nice long hair. And he did it one morning and I walked over and grabbed him and pulled him down in, in a headlock. And I said in front of everyone, those who can't do it, hang shit on it. And I proceeded to rub him because he was bald. He's bald as a badger. <laughs> so I, I just, in front of everyone, I just threw it back at him. And he was like, oh, crap. <laughs> and he went, yeah, you got me. Okay, you got me, Drew. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like a bit of world wrestling entertainment in the mining industry, but yeah. <laughs> a headlock. I had to. But, you know, look, some, you know, I perhaps I'd be. Perhaps I'd be honest and say I wouldn't do that myself, but I suppose maybe it worked and they took it in a way that it worked. So it's an interesting thought. If you can sort of, you know, do, you know, sort of sometimes you can talk to you blue in the face and sometimes something more direct shifts people in a way. Well, I suppose fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, um, you know, you, um, you've got two, you've got things, you know, going well, you and I like that. I want to say I love the way you introduced yourself that you're me, and all yeah. those parts of me is so important as well. You know, mm-hmm. yes, you know, I suppose barring lottery wins, we all have to work, and you've got that sorted. You have yeah. a wonderful partner, <laughs> but um, you've got so many other things going as well. Um, well, you know, I've got my partner, I've got my kids, um, I have the most amazing network of friends. Um, she just Life's too great. Live every day of it. Yeah. And sort of friends, you know, where do your friends come in? Like what sort of things do you do outside of work apart from, say, socialise generally? I mean, any specific sort of um, outside interests um, that, you, that um, you, you're involved in? Um, well, actually, one that I have just, just taken back up is Taekwondo. Uh-huh. Um, after having a break for a number of years and... I've taken it back up, and I'm I'm enjoying it. I love it. Um, I'm also actively involved with a couple of the transgender support groups from WA. Yes, I'm now in Melbourne, but I still still have my attachment. I still do things with those groups. Yep. Um, and I also do some volunteer work with Out for Australia, which is an LBGTQI. Um, Indeed. 
uh, network aimed at just helping and supporting young LBGTQI people as they, as they kind of begin their career and progress through their career. Yep, and um, I believe they have a function on Tuesday evening about trans allyship. Um, yeah, indeed. Um, so I'll make sure before the end of the show. If you if you haven't got it there, I'll dig out the how you can um, sort of get tickets or whatever to that because yep. that's an important thing as part of Trans Awareness Week. Um, yeah. yeah. So. Um, you know, you've got Taekwondo going, so that's good for physical fitness and all yep. sorts of things. And, and I'm not an expert, but I think it's, from what I hear, there's a specific psychological sort of, you know, health benefits in a way. It's very holistic. It is. And I, and I mean, you, you certainly do it for anything else. It just helps you. They do teach you some exercises to calm your mind, clear your head. Um, so it is, it is a good, it's a good martial art. And, and it's... I'm really happy I've got a club that's very social, you know. There's a, there's a lot of people who are my age sort of and have my, my point on life, so it's kind of nice to to do that. I've, I've had a, tried out a couple of different clubs and I've, I've walked in and felt like a geriatric with all these little teeny boppers. Um, so it's nice to actually find somewhere where I've got people that are similar age. Yeah. Well, yeah. look, I, I, I must admit I wouldn't know one end of a... Justin Bieber track from what is it a Will I Am track or something? <laughs> so um, yeah, the long suffering listeners of this show know my music taste, but um, or lack of taste. But seriously, you know, I think you've got to find spaces where you can, you know, just social spaces are like that. They're, they are places where you can, you know, sort of recharge and just you know relax and not have to be a bit sort of on guard and not yeah. have to and feel like you're at home in a sense. So um, good that you have that for sure. Um, and um, um, what does, you know, if, you know, future, is it sort of just, you know, to quote Willie Nelson, live one day at a time or just any any goals that you'd like to achieve in anything? Um, I've, I've got some career goals just about where I'd like, up, where I'd like to end up in my career. So I, I'm, I'm working towards those. Um, I've actually set myself a goal you get my fourth dan in taekwondo so I'm, that's a really significant achievement that's um the fourth dan black belt um gets you to the point that you're considered a high enough grading to to grade other people up to black belt uh, and, that, and that represents um 10 odd years of training and commitment to get to that point as a minimum um Otherwise, I'm really just happy watching my kids grow up, getting as much time as I can with my kids, um, and just working towards making the world a, a better place for them in the future. That sounds pretty good to me. I had yeah. two other things I wanted to ask you. When you mentioned Kalgoorlie, you may be aware, it might, might have been after you left, but... Um, that um, there was, of course, a trans mayor of Kalgoorlie. Um, I'm just want, was wondering if you'd ever you were aware of that, or if that had any, had had any influence. Um, after I left, yeah, um, and didn't have any influence, but I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I still keep up to date with Kalgoorlie. I still got friends living in Kalgoorlie. My my mum actually still lives in Kalgoorlie. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So I do I do still. And, and I will always say, if people say to me, where's home, it's Kalgoorlie. It will always be Kalgoorlie. Yep. No matter where I live today, 
Cool. Um, and the last thing I wanted to ask, because we are in Trans Awareness Week, leading up to Trans um, Day of, of Remembrance on yep. Wednesday the 20th, any just messages for trans and gender diverse people everywhere? Um, you've sort of given one, but I just wanted to really make it you know, clear and specific sort of thing. Um, but yeah, anything that really comes to mind? Be yourself. Be strong. And never be afraid to ask for help. Good call. You know, if you um, can't... Yep. We, you know, we, we all try and be as strong as we can for as long as we can. But we can't do it alone. So never be afraid. There, there are many times when I've had to call out for help in my life. Um, and there are times when people have called to me for help. Never be afraid to ask for it and never never be never never be afraid to ask for it either. Good call. Yeah, the you know, yep. the universal cycle as they call it. Um Yep. Drew, is there anything else that you you know perhaps you're just quickly thinking, Oh, I wanted to talk about but I forgot? Uh, I guess the other thing is we've still got a really long way to go mm. in terms of equality in the workplace, you know. There was, I, I see really great examples, but I still hear and I've still experienced really bad experiences. And this is only, you know, like quite recently. Yep. Um, so, like, I'm I'm currently employed by Newcrest Mining. They're an absolutely fabulous company to work for. Um, are, they, are they leaders in the LBGTQI space? No. But, you know, every time I go to them and say, hey, we should do something about this, they engage and they, they, they learn and they're doing um, I, I tell the story before I went to work for Newcrest, I was working, I went for a job with another large engineering company, and I'm not going to say who they are. Of course, yep. Had, had a couple of phone interviews, everything went really well, came in for a face-to-face interview, for sitting down, talking, um, and one of the things that they brought up was there was a lot of travel involved in the job, mm-hmm. and you know, how would how would that affect my family? Um and I, I'd kind of said, oh, well, you know, I'm in a relationship, I'm engaged, a couple of kids. Um, and, and there was an off-the-cuff off question, oh, when are you going to get married? Uh-huh. And, and, I, and this, is, this, this was just after Malcolm Turnbull had taken over as PM and done yep. his backlink on marriage equality. Yeah. So I kind of jokingly said, oh, not until after the next election. And the girl looked at me and went, what do you mean? I said, haven't you heard same-sex marriage is illegal in Australia? Uh-huh. And the um, the managing director sitting across the table looked at me and went, you won't fit in here. <gasps> oh. And that was, that was basically the end of my interview, and I was out the door within two minutes. And, you know, this was only three-odd years ago. Oh, goodness. Um, so, well, yeah. So, you know, we, we still have a long way to go. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, um, and you know, even even now with some of this stuff that's going on with you know things like the religious freedom bill and all that sort mm. of stuff, it does affect people and it does wear people down. So we we just need to support each other. And we need to keep looking out for each other. Yep, and keep lifting each other up. Yeah, no, that's a horrendous story. I mean, it's one of those mixed ones where. It's horrible that it happened, but it's you know it could well be that it's probably just as well you didn't end up working no, there. I, I, I'm actually really glad it happened because I was like, what on earth would have happened if I got there 
the first thing I'd have done is put the photo, you know, I have a photo of my, my partner on my desk. It sits on my desk, takes quite a place. I have a photo Absolutely. of her and my kid. So what would happen, you know, mm. although I often, I often get people looking at a picture of my partner, I will admit it's now, it's now getting very old because it was from our first date. Um, um, and people are going to go, is that your daughter? No, that's my partner. That's my daughter. That one there. <laughs> um, but, you know, how would it have been if I'd got that job and we had turned up to our first, you know, company event, me and my partner, how would it have gone? Yeah, it just, or it probably would have been very interesting because I, every time I present to people, every time I talk to people, the first thing I talk about is my family because my family is what brings me to work and my family is what, what I want to go home safely for every day. Yep. So, you know, I, yeah, I talk about them all the time. So... There it is. Yeah, yeah, no, it turned out for the better then. And yep. you obviously are very happy. And look at the company mm-hmm. you're at now. You know, look, yeah. if they're willing to keep moving, that's. I think that's all you can ever ask. You don't know what you don't yeah. know. But if someone says, hey, are you aware of this? And they go, we don't know. And they say, well, we want to do better. Then that's fine by me. So, yeah, yeah exactly. um, keep enjoying that one. Um, yeah. And keep, well, keep in, keep giving your best shot at um, enjoying life. And I think you're doing pretty well. And I think we couldn't have had a better story with some realism, some tough moments, but also some striving and some hope for um, a show in Trans um, Awareness Week. So I'm so glad you got in touch and came on the show. Yeah. Oh, look, I am am surrounded by this amazing group of powerful, intelligent women. You know, I look at, I've got friends who who are trans women, who are doctors, who are PhDs, I, I just look at the amount of talent and the amount of, like, really, we're, we're just proving to the world we are just like everybody else. Yep. Yeah. We just need a, f- a fair go to achieve our potential. Yep. Exactly. All right. Well, Drew, keep achieving yours. Um, I'm going to say all the best to all of your family okay. and colleagues and really appreciate your time on the show. Um, so it's been, I've just decided you know, to break the rules of radio and keep talking for three quarters of an hour. Because it, was, it was just great to listen to you and hear that you've, you know, you've had your battles, but you found support and thought and came through. And a couple of the things you've said, well, they're going to make great highlights to put on the podcast page. So um, keep, char- keep um, charging on and, um, yeah, um, all the best for the rest of the life to be even more fabulous. Thank you, Sally. Thanks for the conversation. I hope you have a wonderful afternoon and enjoy yourself at the picnic. Will do. It actually, it actually looks like you're going to get some blue sunshine. It looks like it's clearing out there, yes, in climate-diverse yes. climate diverse Melbourne. So, <laughs> well, um, I'll go and enjoy <laughs> it with... Is that the current... Is that the current- Political tech way of saying four seasons in one day. It's well, yeah. I've been using. I, I, I admit I do, but um, you know, sort of. If you if you can't sing that well, um, or you've got a croaky voice because I'm battling some sinus issues at the moment, it saves having to go four seasons in one day. All right, Timmy. Maybe the sinuses are clearing, <laughs> but we'll go and enjoy it because we can. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Sally. Have a great afternoon. You too, Drew. Bye. Right, bye. What an awesome story. Drew, great study on 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand. Well, I'm going to reset the show, um, have a quick track, and come back and wrap up any other news of the week. But just, yeah, very, very important to hear stories where things can work themselves out. 3CR, 855 AM, 
3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. So maybe we all make mistakes, that doesn't mean we To Power from the Margins, 3CR's broadcast for International Day of People with Disability on 3rd of December. From 7am to 7pm, we'll feature BIPOC perspectives, live music, artists and discussions. For details, visit 3cr.org.au forward slash Disability Day 2019. Outer Urban Projects and Lamama present The Audition, a multi-authored work interrogating the protocols and power relationships of the audition process to uncover what it means to seek asylum. Director Irini Vela has assembled an exceptional team of award-winning writers, including Christos Tsiolkas, Melissa Reeves, Patricia Cornelius, Tess Lisiotis and Wahibi Musa, with Iranian associate artists Sara Davudi and Milad Noruzi, performing alongside Mary Sitarinos, Peter Paltos and musician Vahidi Essari. The audition, 13th to the 24th of November, bookings at lamama.com.au. Outer Urban Projects, a 3CR supporter. Good stuff there. Um, lots of stuff going on in our communities of interest um, to all. So, uh, yeah, once again, thanks to Drew Gray Study for that conversation. That was just um, wow, um, wow. There's a there's a high tech word. Um, just so you know, as I say, both honest and energising at the same time. Not covering up the tough stuff, but also saying that you know it is possible to some extent to work it through the sort of conversations we need to have on 3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. Wrap up the show. Um, yes, so just once again, 
It is um, Trans Awareness Week and the main event, again, still that I'm aware of in Melbourne, is the Trans Day of Remembrance Vigil, which is taking place at um, Fitzroy Town Hall, 201 Napier Street, um, hosted by Teddy Darling and Yarra Libraries, um, this Wednesday evening from 6pm um, through to 9pm with performances and a silent vigil. Um, the schedule is um, a, a, a welcome, a remembrance, an intro, performance, a break for flower placing and name writing, more performance, community sharing, open mic, and then a chorale um, of Time After Time and Here Comes the Sun. Wow. Diversity in itself um, as part of Trans Awareness Week. There has been lots of good stories. There was a story that came my way in my um, news alerts last night of a trans ice hockey, as we would call it, or hockey in the US, as distinct from field hockey um, team, which I think is pretty awesome. Um, Good to see stories like that. Um, I just think that... um, you know, again, as as Drew said, trans and gender diverse people are everywhere with all sorts of skills, um, which is really important. There was also a story that came my way last night on trans bodybuilders, mainly trans men as far as I can tell, but could be non-binary. But there was a picture of a trans woman bodybuilder, which shows that a body is a body. And, you know, the idea that female, I'll say female in inverted comma bodies, all have to be slim and curvy sort of thing is, of course, a stereotype. So lots of people doing all sorts of things. That's sport and exercise, um, as we heard. Drew doing Taekwondo um, and um, other things, you know, whatever, uh, as long as it doesn't harm anyone else. And, of course, just going and doing sport and exercise is not going to harm anyone else in itself. Um, and, um, of course, there is actually there is a trans professional wrestler, which I keep um, meaning to mention, um, which has grabbed my um, interest in the new All Elite Wrestling, which is sort of, um, I'll say, an alternative to the main world wrestling entertainment um, to um, an emerging, and I'm just trying to um, get some exact details, and I've I've followed her on Twitter, I can tell you. I just think that's awesome um, to see these sorts of things happening. There's also a um, buy NXT in NXT, the sort of third division of um, WWE, if I can put it that way. But, of course, they're challenging SmackDown and Raw at, at Survivor Series. But Nyla Rose is um, the, um, well, Wikipedia. Here's something that I hadn't caught up on yet. An American actress and professional wrestler, a First Nations person with Oneida heritage, first openly trans woman to sign with a major American professional wrestling promotion when she signed with AEW, and she starred in the 2016 Canadian television series The Switch as the lead character. There you go. So um, she debuted at the inaugural AEW pay-per-view Double or Nothing against Dr. Britt Baker and um, Kylie Ray um, and Awesome Kong joined in. Good to see her back. Um, so, um, yeah, fantastic to see that there are so many um, queer people in all sorts of, or better say, forms of sports and or entertainment. Um, other things happening this week. Well, it seems that the could get a gr- updated draft or of the dreaded, I will say dreaded, religious, re- in inverted commas, religious discrimination bill and inverted commas. Um, quite concerned about that. There's been so many arguments put up against it. Um, you know, business, amongst other things, 
how does religion A, and when there's a clash between someone of religion A and religion B in a workplace, how does that get resolved? Um, it just seems like it's a disaster. But of course, the critical factor is the ALP. And so, you know, if you have an ALP member of your lower house, write to them and um, ref- ref- politely but firmly ask for a response. And, of course, every state and territory will have ALP senator or senators, um, states having a total of 12 senators. There's usually give or take four or five, and territories have one um, ALP senator each. Make sure you get in touch with them and sort of say, hey, look, this is not in line with your principles. Um, You know, you can't really cave in. It wasn't an election issue at all. Um, you know, sort of this idea that suddenly you've got to hit the panic button over this sort of thing. You know, I think that ALP really needs to stand firm on this. Some good news, though, from the ALP, from the state conference yesterday, is that um, the awesome Jane Green from Vixen Collective was at the conference, spoke, and the ALP will support decriminalisation in Victoria. Um, Fortunately, though, it didn't go through in South Australia in the last week, but um, one door shuts and another door opens, but huge um, commiserations to those in the sex industry in South Australia. But we'll try somewhere else and maybe try again for South Australia down the track, but it is frustrating that these things take so long. I'd better um, start moving out of here and make way for freedom of species. Um, also, tune into the podcast for In Your Face or for the rest until about 4pm next Friday. You can tune in to the On Demand for In Your Face and amongst many things, catch up with Margot Fink from Transgender Victoria talking about Trans Day of Remembrance and Trans Remembrance Week. But it is good to see these sorts of boosts of support coming in at this time. It's as, um, um, again, thanks to Drew, who did was right on the button saying that it is still not a smooth ride for most trans people. You know, you can get through to the other end, but there's going to be some bumps along the way. And so we need to stick together for this week. Um, we lots more guests to talk to uh, over the next few weeks. So um, leave you um, with that. Just to sum up on the music that we did have today, Ian Moss from the live album, um, which is with the 30th anniversary of Matchbook, such a beautiful thing. Had Dread Circus, good to see Jade Starr back out and about, a great trans contributor. But take it out today with the two th- a track from the 2018 album by the veterans, the Black Sorrows, Citizen John. This track's called Brother Moses, Sister May. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week. Sister May went shuffling down the land. Keeping one step ahead of the law, taking each hour at a time. There ain't nobody in this damn world I'd rather be with than you. Says Sister May, reaching for a bottle, holding just enough liquor for two. Brother Moses, I knew him well He grew tired as the years rolled by Long ago he raised a little money It was gone in the wake of an eye Sister made dark child of the city Wearing somebody's dress that's torn 
out for her man like a stone in the ocean. It was raining on the night she was born. In the dust and the pity, the filth and the grime. The turns out to be your bed. You can dance in your dreams and trouble seems to leave your Crack in the sky where the sun peeks through, but it ain't anywhere around here. The story goes when you see it first time, you can't help but shed a tear. When does it happen? How do you know if it's real or something else? You're hugging the streets, the world's looking pretty, while the skylight's in the Stand the pity, the filth and the grind The turns out to be open You can dance in your dreams And trouble seems to leave 